Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hi there, and welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Wow, it just happens to be a gorgeous summer day where we are. We hope that you are having a good day wherever you are and whatever time it is that you're listening with us. Thanks for joining. And there's your little weather report that Linda usually likes to start off hours on the road with. No, I don't <laughs> talk about the weather very often. It just happens to be a gorgeous day. Talking about the weather is a perfectly good thing to do. We don't talk enough about the weather. You know, we love weather. Just think of the word weather. It's a great word, and and weather is something to watch. We should we should be more aware of the clouds. We should be more aware of the slant of light. We should be more aware of the phases of the moon. We should we we- should. weather. Right. Maybe we should have been weathermen, weather people. No, <laughs> <laughs> meteorologists. It is absolutely gorgeous, and I have to say, I do love clouds. It's my favorite thing. Oh, they're fabulous. Okay. All right. So today, this will catch a lot of you regular listeners off guard because I'll bet when <laughs> I'll bet when people think of Linda and Richard Iyer, they don't think of AI. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they do. Maybe they think those guys have their their intelligence is artificial, <laughs> or they need a little more of it. Um, so whatever. <laughs> okay. So. We have been contemplating and thinking a lot about AI lately. How can you not think about AI when, <laughs> when you're when you know you wonder if your grandkids are using ChatGPT to write their papers for school? <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's a whole new world ahead of us, folks. We are astonished at what is coming, uh, for good and for kind of scary. Yeah. Good and for kind of scary. Yeah, you don't even know this, honey, but we're we're listing a real estate property, and uh, the the real estate agent sent me his little write up for describing the property, and I was reading it the other night, and I thought, wow, this is really quite well written. It's a little flowery. It's a little bit <laughs> baroque oh, in wow. its writing, and and then he happened to mention that he used AI to write it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and not only that, we had a wedding reception here. If you've been following us along a month or two, almost two months ago now. And uh, she came in with a framed poem that was so beautiful about marriage and love. And we said, did you do that? And she smiled at me and said, AI. <laughs> <laughs> she just fed Chad, it the information ABT. and... Uh, it really was beautiful. But it is also, as you pointed out, honey, pretty frightening. And so we're going to share a little parts of a little article that we're that we're working on that I'm working on mainly because I've been disturbed by a couple of things I've seen. And we're going to share it with you in advance. This hasn't been published yet. It'll be published probably in the next two or three weeks. And we wanted to just give you listeners a preview of it because it's a really it's a it's a potentially distressing but also really stimulating topic and we're trying to do it in a way that juxtapositions 
AI with faith, because in a way they oppose each other or they could oppose each other. And the actual name of this article tentatively, the, the, the draft of the title is AI, the despair of atheism and the vision of faith. Let me describe that a little. I, I saw a speech given by a man named Noah Harari, who I knew a little bit as an author because he wrote the book Sapiens, which both of us read. Yes, it's an amazing history of the world from, you know, prehistoric. It is incredible. But it, but it essentially it revealed quite transparently that Harari is, is an atheist. And then I saw him give this speech at a thing called the Frontiers Forum called AI and the Future of Humanity. And it essentially, this speech essentially says humanity has no future because we're overmatched by the first alien intelligence that's ever existed, according to Harari, which has the capacity to manipulate us emotionally as well as mentally. And so it's a very disturbing speech. And I felt like I needed to write sort of a faith-based rebuttal to it at least for my own gratification. And so let us read you a little from this article in the first half of the show today uh, from this that talks about Harari's speech and the hopelessness that he feels about AI taking over the world because of his atheism, because he doesn't believe there's any higher intelligence. So he believes that AI is now a higher intelligence than humans, and it's the first time there's been a higher intelligence. Listen in on the first half, and then we will give you some hope in the second half of the show. So the question Harari implies is that since humans can't beat AI at chess, which they can't, how can we hope to beat AI at life? He postulates postulates that while social media's objective is to gain our attention, AI will go far beyond that, connecting to us emotionally and gaining our intimacy. And with that intimacy, it will control us. That's, I mean, he says, listen, if you think, you know, social media media has been a problem where all it's really doing with algorithms is getting, is controlling where your attention focuses. He's essentially saying AI is different, not in not in degree, but in kind, because it will go after our emotions. It will connect with us emotionally and gain control over us. What could possibly save us inferior humans from something that is smarter than we are? Only something that is smarter than AI. And Harari doesn't even entertain that possibility. In fact, he brings it up only to debunk it and to establish his contention that we are building the first alien, non-human intelligence that's ever existed, which can and likely will deceive and dominate us, partially by creating self-serving new truth, quote unquote, which can be neither can dis- which can we can neither discern nor de- deny. So think how frightening that is. Positioning AI as a higher intelligence, 
and dismissing the notion of a highest intelligence, Harari says, of course, religions throughout history have claimed that their holy books were written by a non-human intelligence, but this was never true. But it could now become true very quickly with far-reaching consequences. In other words, he, he doesn't even entertain the idea of a higher divine intelligence, but now he sees AI coming on as a higher intelligence than we are. So then, like overmatched chess players, humankind will just have to sit on the chessboard, moved here and there by one AI contending with another AI for our hearts and minds. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what a mind he has. Oh, that's sad. Well, he holds out a slight hope. It's a pathetically weak one, though. He says, Harari says, perhaps we can try to restrict or contain this thing, this AI that is smarter than us, before it completely controls us by regulating and restricting its release into the world like we do with nuclear power or with viruses. But these comparisons offer little comfort because unlike germs or bombs, AI can develop and improve itself and can it can't be confined if it doesn't want to be confined by the lesser intelligence of humans. This guy is wild. <laughs> well, wow. listen to this part. He says, Al, AI, <laughs> Al. Al. <laughs> looks like Al. AI has just hacked the operating system of human civilization. The operating system of every human culture is in history has always been language. And then Harari jumps right into the hopeless heart of his worldview. So here's an exact quote wow. from, from the speech. Um, I'll read the first part and you read the second part, and that'll really pose the problem that he's suggesting. Harari says, we use language to create mythology and laws, to create gods and money, to create art and science, to create friendships and nations. For example, human rights are not a biological reality. They're not inscribed in our DNA. Human rights is something we created with language by telling stories and writing laws. Now, here's where the leap comes in. He, then he goes on to say, gods are also not a biological or physical reality. God is something we humans have created with language by telling legends and writing scriptures Likewise, money is not a biological or physical reality. It's just electronic information and computers passing from here to there. What gives money any kind of value is the stories that people like bankers and finance ministers and cryptocurrency gurus tell us about money. So isn't that something he's putting? Wow. He's putting God in the same category as laws or human rights or money these things that don't really exist as biological realities. They exist because we have created them through the stories that we tell. And then he gets right to the damning question that he has really been setting us up for. Here's, here's his quote. Now, what would it mean for human beings to live in a world where perhaps most of the stories, melodies, images, laws, 
policies, and tools are shaped by a non-human alien intelligence, which knows how to exploit with superhuman efficiency the weaknesses, biases, and addictions of the human mind, and also knows how to form deep and even intimate relationships with human beings. No human can hope to beat a computer in chess. So what if the same thing happens in art, in politics, economics, and even in religion? So that... Wow, what a sad... So when I heard that, I'm thinking, this is the most... This is the largest sort of most hopeless despair that you can imagine. He's essentially... I'll read you one more quote. He's essentially saying, for thousands of years, we humans have basically lived inside the dreams and fantasies of other humans. We have worshipped gods, pursued ideals of beauty, and dedicated our lives to causes that are originated in the imagination of some outstanding human poet or prophet or politician. Soon we might find ourselves, excuse me, Soon we might find ourselves living inside the dreams and fantasies of an alien intelligence instead of a human being. I'm not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he uh, makes it makes a pretty it, strong it case. Scary. You know, it does make a strong case if you if you have no faith. Um, it's amazing. And at first I just brush that off thinking, oh, that is that is just ridiculous that somebody thinks that, but it is scary. It is something that we need to think about. So what he's saying is if you think social media is bad, you ain't seen nothing yet. If you think social media has damaged our children and divided our society, these are primitive. These AI tools are just algorithms that directs our attention, but AI can destroy us he says, and probably will. It won't need to have a physical presence or to implant chips in our brains. It'll only need to perfect what it's already beginning to do, forming relationships of intimacy with us based on its almost intimate data of our needs, our wants, our desires, our insecurities, our proclivities. And then it can use that intimacy to control what we think. We are overmatched, he says. So uh, think about that for a moment. (laughs) We are going to take a break, but wow, it's breathtaking to think um, about the future for our children and our grandchildren. It's going to be so different, but we have hope. We'll come back in a minute (laughs) and give you the other side of the coin, the hopeful side that includes a highest intelligence. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back. Um, we hope you're still with us and haven't turned <laughs> off your podcast because it is something that the second half is something we really need to think about. So um, in the as I'm drafting this article, I'm mentioning that that there's a mitigating factor. Don't get too worried because there's a factor that can flip us from hopelessness to hope. And that factor is simply that there is something smart enough to save us. 
even if we concede that AI is more intelligent than we are, we are saved by knowing that there is one who is more intelligent than intelligent than they all. That's, of course, a quote from Scripture. There is one that is more intelligent than they all. And, of course, we're not talking about higher, but we're talking about highest. So the factor that blows away the hopelessness is simply that Harari and others who write in this vein is wrong on his central premise. He's wrong on his assertion that until now, until AI, there was nothing more intelligent than humans. His core belief, or lack of belief, is that humans create God, create also created God. The greatest of all paradigm shifts is to reverse that belief and acknowledge that God created humans. This is a profound reversal because it bequeaths hope rather than destroying it. So Harari and other writers of his ilk making finite arguments that are incongruent in an infinite intelligence. If we include God in the formula, then everything, if Harari includes God right alongside money and laws and equal rights and art and literature on his list of what humans have created, that is exploded by the simple presence of faith where we're saying faith and truth move God from created to creator and recognize him as the ultimate reality, the infinite intelligence that communicates with our finite intelligence and gives us the discernment to distinguish truth and light from error and fabrication. I mean, that's that. what, what is... What is truly frightening about what's happening now, even without AI, is that people are losing their ability to distinguish truth and error, and fake news becomes real news, and people have one truth in one situation, and other people have another truth in another situation, and the implication is that we can't even tell the difference between human truth. How will we know when something's true, when it's created by AI, and AI sends it through a, an image that looks exactly like someone that we trust and uses their voice, and how do we know what is true and what is false? And his conclusion is, we don't, we won't know. And AI will create truth for us and create scriptures for us and create things that it is conceived that we now are going to believe are true. Yes, um, that is really scary. Though. Do, do you think that AI has been a part of all the dissension and the craziness that's going on in our world as we approach a new election round, which is really sad and hard to think about? Um, do you think that's been part of that, the beginning of that, or do you think that's something else? Well, that's that's essentially what he's saying is that, um, you know, if you're worried about, we're worried about the beginnings of AI. Oh, dear, what if a child in school writes a theme with AI and submits it as their own? And how will anyone know who really wrote it and so on? But he's saying, wait, what about the election coming up? What if the manifestos and the, and the 
and the party platforms and the other things that are written to win votes over and to determine what truth is, what if AI can can is so superior to us that it convince convinces us of things that aren't true and begins to control not only our elections but our religions? Right. Um, that is really really fascinating. Now. Within our faith, we believe not only in supreme intelligence, we believe that its possessor, namely God, has given us access to his enlightenment and his discernment through something that we often call in our church the light of Christ or the gift and influence of the Holy Ghost. Indeed, the very titles are names of the two alien intelligences, quote unquote, tell us that we need to they tell know us all we, need, all to we know. need to know. The machines we make are artificial intelligence, while the complete authentic intelligence of God encompasses all and is thus called Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end of knowledge. That's beautiful. So we want to introduce to you another use of the term AI, it, it obviously means in most of our conversations, artificial intelligence. But what about the other AI, authentic intelligence? In, the, in our church, we exclusively use the word intelligence in a really unique and wonderful way as a proper noun for who we each are and have always been at our core. We believe that we, the literal children of God, were actually called, even before we were God's children, we were called intelligences. I think our faith mm. is the only one that uses that word as a as a proper noun. We were, we were and are and have always been something called intelligences. And we believe that those intelligences were not created. Scriptures say God the supreme intelligence organized those intelligences and that we became his children. So what Harari presumptuously thinks was created by humans, intelligence, actually existed in us and as us, even before the pre-existence, which came before this human existence. The scope of it is so far beyond Harari's paradigm that it is, even with all the help he could get from the higher intelligence of AI, incomprehensible without the spirit of the highest intelligence. That is really uh, right on. So yes. ironically, what Harari describes as what God isn't, I mean, he, his exact quote is, God is not a biological or physical reality. That is exactly what God is in our faith. And according to scripture, the glory of that God is intelligence. Yes. That's a quote we often hear. The glory of God is intelligence, but a highest intelligence, something far beyond what we will ever create in AI. And furthermore, since that glorious, all-intelligent God has a plan for the salvation of his children, it seems highly unlikely that his plan includes or could be derailed by a takeover by artificial intelligence. 
now we're starting <laughs> to feel a little bit safe. Right. I mean, feeling a little safer. It really is uh, amazing to think about to conceptualize those two intelligences. Well, and I I think what we need to talk about is this this juxtaposition of AI as authentic intelligence or authentic intelligences. So as we contemplate how human intelligence develops and directs artificial intelligence, I mean, that's, that's the whole, the whole thing you see so much concentrated writing and thinking and debating about now is how will human intelligence, which is inferior in ways that are measurable to artificial intelligence, how does our inferior human intelligence ever hope to direct or control the larger, greater, more expansive artificial intelligence that we have created? But our question that we're posing to you is, if, if that's what we're going to contemplate, how human intelligence can ever control artificial intelligence, shouldn't we also consider more joyfully how divine intelligence can influence and enhance human intelligence. So, so an interesting thing to lead into this thought is that, um, you know, it is true that artificial intelligence will beat a human being in chess every single time. Right. But what's what's really interesting to add to that is further experimentation has showed has shown that humans with artificial intelligence human who humans who use artificial intelligence right. can win in chess over the chess player that is just artificial intelligence in other <laughs> words when you combine the artificial with the human intelligence it'll beat the artificial intelligence whoa, 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 in chess. that's wild that's and crazy. so and so we can do it but here's here's how we go even further um we know we believe our faith tells us that the Holy Spirit, the divine intelligence, the, the highest intelligence, can actually not only communicate with and prompt our spirits, it can magnify and expand our mental and emotional capacities. And this was described beautifully well over 100 years ago by a man named Parley P. Pratt. Listen to this incredibly beautiful description of how he felt in his faith that the Holy Ghost or the divine intelligence could impact our intelligence. Oh, I love this. And I've read this so many times, but this means so much more with all this background of artificial intelligence. Okay, listen to this. The Holy Ghost quickens all the intellectual facilities increases, enlarges, expands, and purifies all the natural passions and affections and adapts them by the gift of wisdom to their lawful use. It inspires, develops, cultivates, and matures all the fine-tuned sympathies, joys, tastes, kindred feelings, and affections of our nature. It inspires virtue, kindness, goodness, tenderness, gentleness, and charity. It develops beauty of person, form, and features. It tends to health, vigor, animation, and social feeling. It invigorates all the facilities of the physical and intellectual man. It strengthens, strengthens and gives tone to the nerves. 
In short, it is, as it were, marrow to the bone, joy to the heart, light to the eyes, music to the ears, and life to the whole being. Isn't that something oh my God. written so long ago, but describing so beautifully how our intelligence benefits by the power and intelligence of the Holy Spirit. So the bottom line is that we're not alone. We're not hopelessly pitted against the Frankenstein monsters that we create, the AI. We can be and are guided by our creator in what we create and in discerning the truth of what our creations create. Eternal, authentic intelligence is the antithesis of artificial intelligence. And it seems to never have been created, not even by God. I just think that is such a, the juxtaposition between the absolute hopelessness, the futility of pitting ourselves against a superior AI is what comes out of atheism. But the hopeful sort of, wow, we can use through our own faculties and through the enhancement of divine intelligence, we can use this artificial intelligence to push God's program and aspirations and, and, and so on even further. Absolutely. That is a really an amazing, inspiring thought that we shouldn't be frightened by this. Well, we should be wary of it, but there, there are so many good things that are going to come from AI as well as really harmful things with the help of our faith and, and the spirit. So here's kind of our conclusion. If an artificial thing is something that is made, then we as intelligence were and are the most authentic and unartificial thing that ever has been because we were not made but have always existed so when God speaks of all the intelligence from the beginning, quote unquote, he speaks of us all, and he speaks metaphorically since there is no beginning. We as intelligences have always been, and he organized rather than created us before the world was. So with that intelligence as our uncreated forever identity, something everlasting, something connected to God, to his infinite intelligence, it is simply unthinkable that some sort of mechanical or electronic intelligence that we have created could somehow surpass us, rule us, and upend God's plan and God's family. So again, I'm grateful on a whole new level for my faith because of the complete reversal that faith gives our paradigm. With faith, we have hope that artificial intelligence will actually enhance our world and help us. Without faith, with atheism, we have essentially despair. We have created a monster that will destroy us. And another way to describe hope is optimism. Right. We need to really use our optimism. And instead of being totally frightened of this, know that this is something that we can use to help us become our very best selves. 
So a little food for thought on Ayers on the Road today. Ayers <laughs> on the Road or Ayers in, in the Deep. The Deep. Ayers <laughs> in the question of artificial intelligence. But think about that and we'll we'll let you know on this podcast in a week or two where the full article will be published. And in the meantime, have a wonderful week and use your own intelligence to discern your own intelligence and the discernment you can get from divine intelligence to discern what is real and what is not. So good luck with digesting all that. And we'll see you next time on Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye.